it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s, and also our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger longer-spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a PW Torch VIP membership, now approaching 20 years of podcasting. Go VIP and dive into our post-pay-per-view roundtables, our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling, top-name long-form interviews, and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. We have a streamlined sign-up form, and you can pay with PayPal or directly with your credit card or debit card. In one or two minutes from right now, you can be a VIP member and diving into our library. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the 90s Past Cast. I'm Patrick Moynihan, joined as always by my co-host, Alex McDonald. Hey, Alex, how you doing? Good, Patrick. I'm good. The Bucks are 2-0. and Life is good. Actually, the Eagles are 2-0. The two Eagles are 2-0. I'm 2-0 in my fantasy league, so life is grand. I just came back from vacation, so that that was a great break. A little peek behind the curtain. We uh, felt odd not talking to you in the last week or two. I know, I know. We have we have such a good little routine. And yeah, actually, exactly. I think, funny enough, both of us are, like, really routine-oriented people, so anything yeah. <laughs> to it is just, like, I don't know, throws us for a loop a little bit, but... Patrick actually visited Florida, which was really cool for you. Yeah, it was great. uh, Weather held up nicely for us. We were in Disney with the family. Um, Rain every night, but by the time we were either doing something else inside or we're done for the day, we we were able to dodge that. So it all worked out really nicely. Now I'm back in Jersey. We're uh, finally in the 60s or 70s uh, this week, so... Things are, are definitely looking up as far as the fall temperatures go. It's so funny you said you said that about the rain, too. I was thinking about this uh, yeah. when I read your email yesterday. But I was telling you either like last week or week before or whenever we were talking about it, that normally in Florida in the summer, it rains at like 2.30 every day. Mm-hmm. And this year has been so weird because it's been raining at like 4.35 o'clock. And, and that's exactly like what that happened. It worked out perfectly for you. Like in yeah, your situation, it, it was, you know, we have little ones. So we got up super early, hit the parks and, you know, everyone was pretty exhausted by, you say, two, three, four and literally, you know, five, six or so almost every night, um, maybe five out of the seven days we were there. It was it poured, but we were fine. We were totally out of it. So it worked out really nicely. I assume, you know, you're in Tampa. Is that is that was that what you got this week? This past week in Fort Myers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fort Myers. That's right. Yeah. Well, it was good. It's good to be back. Like I said, Alex, talking to you again in our routine. Uh, we are here to talk about issue 192 of the PW Torch. It was posted on September 17th, 1992. A lot going on here. We talked about this uh, the last um episode or two there's a lot more to come with watts i think i prefaced and there certainly is here um the lead story is really about the wcw contract talks watts continuing his efforts to cut expenses and obviously upsetting a lot of people in the promotion over that so we're going to talk a little bit about that not only will we talk about that specifically but there is a torch talk with Wade and Bill Watts in this very issue. So he responds to a lot of the things we talked about an issue or two ago um, that Wade reported too. So there's a lot of interesting pieces here. And the one thing I will say, I'll just preface this, I do credit Watts for being proactive in here and being open and, and you know, speaking with, I'm sure he spoke with Meltzer and others, but obviously we are following Wade and the torch here. But the fact that he's, he's just, proactively doing this and being available whether you like what he's doing or not is i I think a side point to this um i give him credit for that if nothing else yeah i also think he did it on purpose because he wanted to make a point and be angry in his torch talk but that's a separate oh yeah you will we'll certainly hit on that you're right um this is an interesting topic i don't i've never heard this in my life this was interesting to read 
Um, one of the headlines here, fans shoot at Jake Roberts in the Dallas Sportatorium. But he, but he, I think it's a he, misses. So we're going to talk about that. Um, Clash 20 earns a relatively impressive 3.7 rating. WWF SummerSlam earns a disappointing 1.5% buy rate. We'll talk about that a little bit, I think, in context of what they were getting over the last um, few pay-per-views and some of the earlier day pay-per-views, too. Um, and the next Clash is already coming up sooner than later. It's going to be headlined with... Oh, well, you know what? No, let me pause there because I, I believe this is a typo in the, uh, in the torch, if I recall. The headline reads Clash to headline with Barbarian versus Simmons, Sting versus Roberts, and Rude versus Chono, but I'm pretty certain that's supposed to say the Havoc, uh, Halloween Havoc. Yeah. So that's something to put on as well. I mean, I highly doubt there's another clash between now and Havoc, because Havoc is October 25th or 26th. So we're like, yeah. Five months away. Right, and those matches, I think, are pretty much all on that pay-per-view, so it would be really weird to have another... Well, hey, I wouldn't put anything past WCW in, in being weird or off a little bit uh, in their booking strategy. So, But I'm pretty sure what we're going to be seeing those at Havoc. Um, I love that you just insinuated that WCW had a strategy when it came to- <laughs> I think their strategy is chaos and you know, no strategy. Yes. That's pretty much exactly. what they thrived on for decades. Carve out two to three years in the middle there somehow. Um, but he, let's get to the, the cover story here by Wade uh, related to the WCW contract situations. Two meetings and several moves to cut expenses became the topics of conversation in WCW and in wrestling circles during the last week. The meetings were with Brian Pillman and Rick Rude. Both meetings were efforts by WCW's vice president in charge of wrestling operations. It's a long title there. Bill Watts to cut expenses at WCW. Watts asked both Pillman and Rude to consider restructuring their current deals, which both wrestlers turned down. In Pillman's case, Watts wanted to eliminate his bonuses above guaranteed annual base salary, which is believed to be between $150,000 to $250,000. In exchange, Pillman would be given a lump sum substantially below what he was giving up, and he was told in no uncertain uh, terms he would receive a bigger push if he accepted. However, there would be no guarantees of what that push was or if that push could be pulled at any time, such as at the end of his current contract, in order to take leverage away from him just in time to renegotiate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let me just finish this paragraph. We'll talk about this in a second. If he did not accept the deal, Pillman was told he would be relegated to a much lower position in WCW, a move justifi- justified by Watts because Pillman's current contract forces WCW to pay Pillman bonuses the more they push him, such as receiving a title shot. Since Pillman turned Watts's offer down, it is expected his TV exposure will be limited to doing jobs unless a compromise can be made or one side gives in. There's a ton. There's there's more to really talk through, but there's a ton to unpack here. Um, I'm going to take a pause. I want your opinion on this. Before we get into like the meat and potatoes of everything else, the first thing that I'm going to bring up is having incentives 
for accomplishments in a predetermined sport is a terrible, terrible idea. I love that you called that out. That's 100% right on. Like, it's not the same thing as... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, Winning a batting title? Yes. In baseball, yes. for example? Or you caught 80 passes or something, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. it's not the same thing because you have somebody else who can manipulate it. And again, there's somebody out there who's also a Bucks fan that's like, well, Tom Brady manipulated it at the end of the season to get Gronk his whatever with manufacturing. Yeah, but it's not like he, they manufactured the 45 catches before the last five he needed. You know, it's right. the same thing. And if he's catching the balls. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Out. I, I love I love that you called that out. So that's a huge issue in the first place, because you're reliant upon your employer in order to hit your incentives. Right. So mm-hmm. to stick with the with the football, ad, the football example for for a minute, that's like if the GM decided that the owners couldn't afford that or something and then benched you for the last three games of the season so you didn't hit your incentives. That's basically what Watts is doing. Yeah. The other thing that comes to, to my mind is his whole strategy, Watts that is, is to save the company money by basically de-pushing Pillman because he declined this restructure, he's wasting money on this guy and doing the opposite of what his goal is. Because in theory, he could be making the company money by making Pillman work for the money they're paying him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So where that logic falls, and, you know, I, I have no idea. It's very confusing. And not only that, we're talking about Brian Pillman here. You know, I hate to uh, give me another name. It, you know, I'll go back to Van Hammer. We're not talking about Van Hammer making up to 250 K. We're talking about someone who actually could work, talk in the mic, gets over, is unique in the ring at this time, you know, in, in the early 90s. Um yeah, and so on and so forth. It's just really incredible. I knew this was coming, this story, so it was really great to finally read through some of these details. Um, but again, we'll talk more about Watts in this issue specifically, but these things are just compounding on top of one another versus where we you know, we were reading he was kind of the savior for WCW when he first uh, got announced as the VP. <laughs> yeah, that that mirage is over mm-hmm. but and I, I really don't want to spoil something that I'm going to bring up later but the problem here just to play devil's advocate is Pillman unfortunately would not be a hot commodity necessarily for WWE so he can't really go anywhere Yeah, that's fair. At this point in time, that's fair. They didn't have a light heavyweight division. They didn't really care about that look. I mean, you know, the smaller look. Jim Ross didn't work for the WWF, so he wasn't going to try to poach him. Exactly. 
That, and that's kind of the thing. Again, we're going to talk more about that later because Watts actually gets into more details about why um, this isn't like the worst thing in the world kind of thing. Yeah, he. It, yeah, I won't stumble over you, but there's something that really irks me with his reasoning here that we will get over that. Yeah, and that's that's why I don't want to get too much into the Pillman thing because that's going to like destroy my point later. But anyway, um I'll let you, I'll let you keep going. Um let me get back to this. Although Watts said comment on what he was asking of Pillman, which will be talked about in the torch. He was less detailed about Rude. Watts did say the discussions with Rude were different than those with Pillman. Quote, it wasn't controversial between he and I. It wasn't a threat between he and I, said Watts, concerning his meeting with Rude. It was a deal where I saw a way where if it was an advantage to him, it might be an advantage to us. If not, no problem. He certainly wasn't upset about it. However, according to sources, yeah, uh, according to sources within WCW, Rude was upset over what took place at the meeting with Watts. From info gathered, it appears Rude was offered a lump sum of money substantially below his guaranteed contract, believed to be around 400k a year, for approximately another two and a half years. Uh, so upwards of almost, almost a million right there. Um, the offer said to be he would be put on a nightly deal similar to what Watts has been offering other wrestlers in which they are guaranteed to reported. 350, 500, or 1,000 per night, depending on their position within the promotion. Presumably, Rude's offer was somewhere in the $1,000 range, although there's no confirmation, so it could be substantially different than that. Rude would then have the opportunity to take the lump sum of money and still earn nearly his guaranteed money if he worked most dates during the year. It has not been indicated whether there was a guaranteed number of dates, that route would be used. All indications are that none of the new deals being offered include medical coverage or compensation for injury on the job. Interesting little note there, because that's to me, someone who's loved this business for so long, knowing that's just kind of the obvious, right? I mean, just the fact that um, Wade noted that is interesting because that's just my default assumption that there's no medical coverage. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I would assume that, too. Um, I mean, we know that's the case on the WWE, WWF side. The problem on the WCW side is considering they're owned by a television company, there might be a legality. Mm. You would, you know, I'm glad you brought that up too because that is a question I don't know if anyone's explained to me or I've heard explained in the past. Um, why or how they got around that? Like that Turner owned company, they were able to get around offering those types of benefits. Well, the answer to that is because they're quote independent contractors and not employees. But, yeah, but I, yeah, I guess that's the answer. I, I, I that's fair. I it just, mm, I don't know. I just weird like that type of in, um, business model or that you know company. Um, I don't know. I'm always just that. 
that's like a thorn in my st- my side in general in wrestling. So oh, I would no, love it, uh, you know, an explanation on that. Well, not only that, but it's an even bigger thorn because I'm half kidding when I say the independent contractor thing because that's such a load of crap. Oh, you're yeah, an, for sure. You're an independent contractor, but you're not allowed to work anywhere, anywhere else. OK. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other part too, just to like put some context into this, but the the buyouts are also at a percentage. Like, I'm sure there's somebody listening who's like, "Oh, that sounds like a great deal to get bought out of your deal or whatever." It's again using the football example. It's not like when a team manipulates the salary cap by lowering somebody's cap hit by giving them all the money up front. And how, you know, they just get the money differently, but they get the same right. amount of money. It's yeah. not the same thing. It's a percentage. So, example, just to use a round number, if you're owed a million dollars, you're going to get, like, 40% or 30% taken off of that. So you're only really going to make six hundred to $700,000. Right. Like, you you are losing money in a way. But again, we'll talk, we'll talk more about that later, but yeah, losing money in a way, but also the point here we didn't even get to yet was the fact that there's no reported guaranteed dates. If we're doing, if, if exactly. he's offering a per date basis, we just learned in the previous part of this article about, um, you know, how he's treating Pillman or what he's offering Pillman. So there's no way, even if he respects, not sure this is the right word, but I'll use it. That respects Rude a little bit more as far as what he can bring to the company. There's no way you can prove to me that they're not going to like undercut him on dates. Exactly. You know, and the other part, too, is and it's not brought up and it's even not brought up by Wade later. <clears throat> and I know this became like a bigger deal down the road. But it is very much a thing here in 92 also. A large part of the reason a lot of guys would go to WCW, and again, this became significantly more prevalent, but their schedule wasn't as bad as the WWF guys who were on the road, call it 300 days a year. So all of a sudden, you're not getting the guaranteed money for less dates where you're actually going to have to work. So all of a sudden, the one of the drawing points of working for this place is not a drawing point anymore, especially since they might purposely push you down the card and not use you in order to not pay you. Yeah. Yeah, well put, well put. Yeah, a lot of that, you're right, like a lot of the reasons why wrestlers were able to feel comfortable jumping to WCW, whether the promotion was in a good standing or not was things like that. Yeah. Better pay, more guarantee, less dates. And he's stripping all these benefits away. Yep. Or enticements. It's it's the same concept in the real world of being an, a salaried employee, but you work for one company that expects you to work 45 to 50 hours a week. And another company is offering you the same salary but they only expect you to work 35 to 40 hours a week. When you break it down, you're making more money. So it's not as bad. You know, it's right. an easy decision to make. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also a note here that 
Sting also thinks he may be next in line to have a discussion with Watts. But Watts was quoted as saying everything's fine with Sting. Sting's contract is the most lucrative, at least in this company, doesn't expire until 1995. It's kind of funny to in 92 thinking about the year 1995 because the landscape just is completely different by then. In WCW, except for Sting, but the fact that Hogan's there and the Macho Man is there, etc. Oh, yeah. I just mean Sting is literally the exact same guy in 95 and 92. Yes, (laughs) that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, It's also said WCW wrestlers are starting to say, like, here we go. We were just talking about this. They're starting to say they want to head to WWF due to the cuts in pay and other amenities. So it's inevitable from the very first episode of our show. This is episode 37. But our first episode, we talked about the growing depth of this roster and how really historically great this roster is. And again, this is one of the reasons people had problems with Watts. I mean, those that lived it and then, you know, people like us who read about it, learned about it later on. Um, just the, I, I think it's ineptitude in many ways. I, I obviously didn't live it, but what are your thoughts here? Um, as far as the jumping goes, uh, I do have a question on that, but one of the amenities is catering, isn't it? Didn't WCW cease catering at this time? I think so. I think we talked about that not too long ago. Yeah. Okay. So that's one of them just to throw that out there. And I think the other part of it is kind of what we just talked about, where if I have to work every day, I'd rather go work at the company where they actually sell my merchandise and I have a chance to make some of that money. Yes, yes. Another. Yeah, that's 100 percent. There's no marketing here uh, to the level of WWF. The other amenity too, just we're talking about that. um, Forcing these guys and women to stay to the end of the show when they could, in theory, be done early and get home to see their family. Yep. And WWF was actually known for working with people on that. The most famous example of this time period being Hogan went on before intermission so he could be back at his hotel. Right, right. Um, the, The other thing, though, and I without like super duper spoiling anything. I can't think of anybody that actually does jump that's of any consequence anytime soon. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, There's a couple, but they're so far down in the pecking order and they get repackaged. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you can pick up on like the one major person I'm talking about, but there's not really anybody I can think of who's like a big get. Actually, even with all the problems, I can't think of the one obvious one in this time frame that you're talking about. Well, he's going to show up soon and he's a huge repackage like his character in WWF doesn't resemble his character in WCW at all. Hmm. Like you if you didn't know they were the same person, you would like if you showed your son, he wouldn't believe you that they're the same person. I'm 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 really you don't have to say it. Because we'll talk about it, but you have to tell me off air who you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> um, the other amenity, obviously, that we missed was the fact that they can't even jump off the top rope. 
<laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, I think that covers it for the cover story, but we will be talking about this topic in a little while. Anything else we 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 missed here? Um, no. It's nice to know that Sting money was a thing in '92, though. Oh yeah, I think it was a thing. I don't know. Eighty nine, ninety. You think that early? I want to say so. I mean, if his deal's up at ninety five, he must have been. He must have been signed in ninety, maybe ninety one. Say. Oh yeah, sure. Four year contract. Yeah, that's a good point. You know. Yeah, we haven't read about it at all this year, so you would have. No, we haven't. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. Moving into the WWF world, SummerSlam got a disappointing 1.5 buy rate, which ends up about 3.5 million gross. The WWF is hoping they would do near what SummerSlam did last year, which was a 2.7, despite not having Hogan on the card. So one over uh, 1% lower this year for SummerSlam. So this card and this show got them a lot of revenue, especially in the UK, but really disappointing buy rate. Do you think, I mean, Hogan's going to be one of the reasons. Here's another reason. Do you just think the the fact that one, the business is down, but the delay, the two day delay and when the show actually happened versus when it aired, or did that not matter back then? Yeah. Oh no, the delay mattered. Yeah. I, I for sure think that's one of the reasons. The other thing that's not mentioned in here too and I don't want to get too far into the weed because this does not account for a 1.2 like decrease, but keep in mind that the percentages are going to shrink regardless because more houses are wired for pay-per-view. So yeah, good point. The, just to throw that out there, like it apples to apples last year's 2.7 is probably closer to, to a 2.5, 2.4, if it's the same amount of buys year over year. With that said, though, there's obviously is still a huge discrepancy. I'm not excusing that at all. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And it would be nice now that you said the number of buys for that to be in here um, for a little bit more of that context. Yeah, exactly. You know. Uh, Wade notes this buy rate considered poor by even WCW standards just a few years ago is now the standard. The buy rates probably will not go any higher except possibly for a Hogan return at WrestleMania. If that occurs, pay-per-view is no longer the blank check it was to wrestling promoters just a few years ago. Some odd quotes here by Steve Plenamena, our, our buddy in the WWF. He um, basically gives props to the WCW and Watts. And says there's enough to go around for both promotions to compete as long as it's all in good quality. I found that to be really interesting. This, by the way, was noted to uh, Mike Mooneyham of the Charleston Post Courier. Um, the quote itself, I summed it up and paraphrased it, but he says, in quote, there's enough to go around. There's enough for everybody. I think what is needed is for different organizations to be different from one another. There are towns we can't go to as far as live events, and I really feel there is enough to go around as long as it's a quality presentation. As long as the fans perceive and are confident that they're getting value, whether you call it sport or entertainment, 
or what have you, as long as you're giving the fans their money's worth, then it's good for everybody. We've always run our business our way, and we wish WCW all the luck, as we all do other organizations. Um, he says a little bit more about Bill Watts specifically. I just found that really odd because it seems kind of out of left field. And you would think Vince would have to okay something like that. So, One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. What's your take on that? Uh, just to back up one second, if we assume three and a half million dollars at twenty five dollars a pop, that's one hundred and forty thousand buys. Look at uh, you. Look at you. Anyway, moving on here. Uh, I think this is actually more telling from WWF than you're giving them credit for. Um, I think this is a case of we're not worried about them at all. Let them do what they want because they're so minor league compared to us that there's plenty of the talent that we don't want to go around for them. I could see that. I I took it a little bit differently on its surface, which is actually really interesting. I thought it was their way because they're also businesses down in general. WWF seems to play nicer when they're not in competition. Yeah, and I felt like cool. it was just a way for them to, I don't know, throw a bone or share the love, so to speak. Yeah, because yeah. their backs aren't against the wall. Yeah, I think you're a thousand percent right. It's it's even somewhat topical now with their feelings on on AEW. You know, the recent yeah. comment by Levesque about, come on, they beat our developmental, like, come yeah. on, who cares? You know, right. it, it's the same concept. If You're 100% right. If they're not threatened, they just don't really care. Like, didn't, didn't they offer TNA? This is way after this, obviously. Mm -hmm. But they offered TNA anybody on their roster not named John Cena for a one-night thing so they could have flair for something? Remember that? Ah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, that does sound familiar. Like, that's <laughs> how little no they care. Yeah, but sorry, uh, no offense to him because he's a great wrestler. But they picked Christian. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> it's like what the hell? You know, there's a guy named the Undertaker on this roster, or Hunter. Yeah, exactly. Or if you wanted somebody young, you could have gone with, uh, like, Orton or something. Right. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, any other thoughts on this one? I just, it was kind of a random thing to me. Uh, but maybe not so random. Probably well calculated on their part. No, again, I think it was, like, one of those weird, subtle WWF jabs. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, 
Wade also talks a bit about their, or no, I'm sorry, Planamentus talk, talks a little bit about their agreement. The USWA made sure to mention it's not a merger, more developmental deal and talent exchange. I think that's was pretty well documented in the reporting over the last number of issues. Um, he also mentioned Vince not doing a deal with someone that didn't have the business experience like Jerry Jarrett. I, that, that, that part really aligned with what you and I were saying when this news came out. Um, just I, I mean, this was my take personally. I, I've always got the sense that Vince really liked Jerry Jarrett. And in a few years, I guess we'll cover it at some point. Um, they get really close as friends and um, Jarrett really moves up in the in the kind of the rankings there at that company. Yeah, we're not as far off from that as you think. But yeah, again, this is a huge bit of foreshadowing for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about. But um, yeah. Yeah, this is you again, you were right the whole time that Jared Jared's a good businessman. I mean, whether you whether you like him or not, I know a lot of people dislike his son for whatever reason that I not you. Not you. No, you're right. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But and I've heard stories about Jerry, but at the end of the day, the one thing that you can't deny is the guy has been successful with everything he's ever done that yeah don't let that southern drawl throw you off no like the guy had a construction business that was successful and again we've talked about this before and i'm pretty sure it's correct that he was like the first millionaire made for wrestling or one of the first if he's not the first like yeah i don't know about the first but yeah i would i would certainly be not surprised to hear that for sure again there's a lot of the wrestlers that work for him that will tell you he made the that money because he didn't pay them anything but, <laughs> yeah. side you know, note it is what it is yeah um also just because we haven't mentioned it in a while and if any of our listeners could please uh maybe email this guy for us for how wrong he was um, Steve Planamenta all over yet another issue, even though <laughs> Mr. Bruce Pritchard said he was useless and didn't mean anything to this company. Just Did he that. say that more recently in the podcast? I in don't the podcast think, era, well, I guess I'll just call it his podcast. You know, era. It's it's funny to to answer that question, because up until like like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, they had been running so many best ofs and I don't remember when a lot of them are from like Mm. I listen to the best ofs and I'm like oh I've heard this episode before yeah but I don't I don't remember when they're from and so the thing is it may have aired in one of his best ofs recently but it could have been an episode from three years ago like there's no way to know yeah unless you like are fact checking it against your iPhone but I don't have time for that (laughs) I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, to your point, though, his name has appeared in like 25 of our 37 episodes. Uh, it feels yeah. like at least. Um, here's an interesting foreshadow. Wade notes upcoming October shows include Bret Hart getting title matches against Ric Flair. Um, Bruce Pritchard is also back. Speaking of uh, our buddy here, he's back as an assistant to Pat Patterson. Everyone seems pleased with this move. Do not catch the sarcasm in that. 
Or are you are you typing and saying it was sarcasm and I'm not picking up on it? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there was. I thought I don't know. When I first read it, I, I you know, I guess I guess I assumed that was true as far as them being pleased with them. The other part that Wade throws in here is that we're not sure if uh, Brother Love will make a return or not. Right, that's true. Here's one. I didn't get what you... Th- yeah, we. I think we're on the opposite side of this one when we read it. Dino okay. Bravo is doing a retirement match in Montreal on December 4th. I thought this was a joke. Wade said they'll do a double special issue to cover it. I, see, I didn't think that was a joke. <laughs> Ugh, this is this by the time he's like got the brown or black hair. I assume. Have you you've seen that, right? Yeah. OK, OK. It just doesn't look right. Dino Bravo was what he was for the time period. He would never fit in now. No, never. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a place in history. Just to throw that out there. Well, what's your thought on that place in history? He was fine for what he was. I mean, you know, in the 70s and 80s, he fit right in. He was a guy who was had a great look and, you know, had some personality. He's not like an all time great or anything. Like he's not making anybody's top 50 list or I mean, unless you're older for years from Montreal, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's on Pat Patterson's top 50. Yeah, (laughs) actually, probably not. Um. But no, exactly. Like, but he was fine for for what he was. Like, I don't think Dino Bravo goes down as like an embarrassment or anything. No, that's fair. That's a good. I think what you just said there that I would agree with that. Like he he was kind of there and he had a solid career. And, you know, it, it goes back to what we were talking about before. Just because you weren't a superstar, the level of Hogan or Steve Austin does not mean you were a failure. That's no, that's I agree with that. It, it is interesting, though. He's a good name, and I'll give you another one in a second. But like, there are certain people that were used, not that they were the title contenders, but they had their runs here and there in the, the golden era of WWF. Um, but they're never talked about ever again, and they're never going to be shown in a documentary or, you know, in historical packages. Do you know Bravo's a name? That comes to mind. Uh, Hercules is another guy that comes to mind. Um, I'm sure there's a ton more, but like there's just certain people that if you never grew up on this stuff, you went to go watch some of this um, back. It's like, well, who the heck is this guy? You know, but they were like. I don't say major players, but integral pieces. Yeah, they were mid carters. Yeah, In every sense of the word. And that's fine. You have you have to have you you have to have people to fill out a roster. And the problem is in in our generation, we have seen very few good examples of that. And instead, yeah, we've yeah. either seen like the completely bloated, like there's so many people that work here that aren't doing anything that are getting paid to not do anything or the opposite of that, which we're finally getting out of now in WWE, where there's like 12 people on TV all the time because that's the only people that work there. Like, it, 
they're just not how you do it either one of those ways everybody needs to have a spot and everybody needs to occupy that spot and like like this is this might be a poor example but like dino bravo was like Delo Brown or Val Venus. Like they're on the card, they occupy a spot, they're worthwhile. But in 20 years, are you really going to be talking about them? No, but they serve their purpose in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well said. I think those are not that, yeah, I think those are actually really good examples. As far as, you know, different era guys that kind of fit that mold. Yeah, it was the best I could do. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, and it's funny. I this is random. Just to sum up, Dino Bravo. Is this the? I think this is the first time we're talking about him. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. By '92, I mean he's pretty much completely non-existent, basically. Yeah, his peak would have been early '80s or even late '70s. But I I think of him more in like their very early '80s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he and he lasted in WWF whenever he debuted. Maybe six, he debuted with them. Yeah, and he lasted through '91, at least somehow. Very, very random. Um, anything else on WWF news before we go into WWF Superstars report? They should have brought Dino Bravo in to manage the Quebecers. That's it. Oh, that would have been cool. See, like to your point, like he could talk. I think that would have been fine. Yeah, it would have worked. Would have worked. It, it, it tracks too, as long as he has his hair uh, dyed blonde again. Yeah, that's true. He Actually, been, uh, Canadian classy Freddie. You know, here I'm going to pause, not to on a somber note, but by the time the Quebecers get there, he's deceased. Oh yeah. So actually, that does not work. Yeah, so, sorry, that doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. But in theory, that would have been a, a well a good pairing. That might have been why they didn't do it. Probably why. Probably why they didn't do it. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Uh, Moving on to Superstars for September 12th. Alex, it's all yours. All right. Superstars, uh, September 12th, 1992. This is a really, really weird episode. I'm just going to preface it by saying that Um, just because of the like ridiculous amount of recap footage in here. So um, the show opened with Razor Ramon's attack on that's supposed to say Savage during his match with Flair. Uh, They then showed the finish of the Flair Savage match that we talked about on last week's episode. Uh, Flair then held up the title and celebrated for Mr. Perfect. This was all narrated by Vince McMahon. They moved from this into a Razor squash. Uh, McMahon said that Razor was part of Perfect and Flair's plan all along. Razor at this point is being touted as plan B, uh, which maybe isn't the best thing uh like looking back 
I don't know if that's a. I don't. I don't think Plan B existed at that time, but I don't think it holds up. But anyway, um, as far as a note for the Razor match, I think this is the first time they caught this on TV. But he handed the gold chains to the ring attendant and said, "If something happens to the gold, Chico, something will happen to you." Oh, that's awesome. I think that that became a staple of the character, but I'm pretty confident that's the first time they've shown it on TV. Yeah, good call out. Uh, they then cut to Mean Gene in, em- in an empty arena, uh, which he then threw to an interview that he conducted with Razor and Savage. Um, I-, I can't tell what this is from. And then as soon as I typed that, I realized they filmed this before the Flair Savage match because Savage is wearing the same outfit and the title. So I should have realized that sooner. But anyway, so I assume this aired on primetime. I, I assume, but I'm not confident in that. Um, they then cut to Flair Savage again and showed the finish again. Only this time, Mean Gene narrated instead of Vince. So they're really highlighting uh, the title change. They then highlighted Razor's attack again. Uh, mean Gene put over how Savage didn't submit, but instead passed out. They then showed Razor attacking Savage again after the match. Uh, Gene said that Razor took Savage's, quote, dignity as a man. And then I purposely wrote this because this is what it looks like. Uh, Jim Helwig saved Savage and took him to the back. Uh, No face paint. He was wearing uh, an orange um, dress shirt and painted on jeans. (laughs) Painted on jeans. Oh yeah, this was uh, this was Jim Helwig. Uh, this is what Jim Helwig wears to go meet with Linda and Vince when he's working out his contract. <laughs> when he's demanding like five hundred thousand dollars on the yes. spot. Yeah. Yes. Um, they then showed late Razor in the locker room taunting Savage. He called Savage the dirt under his fingernails. Uh, there's going to be more on this later. But again, they're really highlighting the title change, which is good. And I realized that I didn't ask you this last week when we talked about it, and I don't know why I didn't. But before I keep going, how do you feel about the passed out from the pain thing instead of not submitting? In general? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan of it. I like it. I mean, it's got to be used sparingly in the right circumstance. But I'm a big fan of that. And it gets you certainly get around um, certain ways. You know, you're not putting a guy's shoulder on the mat, so to speak, and getting the pin. So you're getting around certain ways of booking like a loss and still keeping that individual strong in this case. Like Austin and Brett at WrestleMania 13 is probably the best one, right? Well, yeah, for sure. As far as execution goes. Yeah, and to your point, you have to do it sparingly. If you do that every month on pay-per-view, it's going to be kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And even this is a lot different from Brett and Austin because Austin legit, like, passed out, and that was the reason he lost kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. As opposed to here, Savage passed out, and then the ref counted. Right. Yeah, that's true. They do. They do get a pin there. That's right. Yeah. So it's slightly different in that way, but 
the overall concept is the same. It's a pretty, it's a pretty cool way to have the loser come out stronger. Yes, I agree. Yeah. But again, to your point, it's one of those things that you just, you can't do it very often. Yes, exactly. I actually thought that that might've been what they did. Um, for uh, Danielson and Moxley. Oh, gotcha. Did you, did you happen to watch that match? No, no. I know the f- I I know that Moxley won, but when I first heard that that was a thing and we talked about it, I I kind of thought that they might do that. But that I mean, would yeah, it would have made sense. Especially the like their their group is called the Blackpool yeah. Combat Club. As far as you know, yeah, that that would have really fit in line with their style, their gimmick. Yet again, I am a better booker than Tony Khan. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, kind of. Um, after that was a disaster squash. Uh, Money Inc. interview. They said they're the number one contenders. Keep that in mind. Uh, Tito Santana did an interview for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Uh, there was then a Papa Shango squash. After that, they cut to Sean Mooney. And I've never heard this before, but Sean Mooney said that there's speculation running rampant that the reason Brett lost the Intercontinental title to the Bulldog is because of Papa Shango's curse on him. Oh, weird. I don't know that at all. So did they like inadvertently crap all over Bulldog? (laughs) Yeah, really? That 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 plus that shows me they had no inclination of what they were going to do with Brett. They, they, what they do with Brett ultimately in like the next month is not what they were planning to do here. Oh no, not at all. Not at all. And again, we're going to get to this in a minute, but uh, these episodes were definitely filmed before SummerSlam. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, Crush then spoke Hawaiian and finished with a shaka bra. It's happening. He's yeah. Hawaiian now. The, I for some reason it was stuck in my head that this was a much more subtle transition. Uh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused still. Who is Tito Santana talking to? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's really strange. It's not the, that's the weird thing about the interview is he's not like calling anybody out. Like Tatanka did interviews like that, but it. But Tatanka would talk about, like, his heritage. It just, it made more sense. Yeah. Like, Tito's doing the same thing, but it just, like, when was the last time he won? I know. Like, right. a year ago? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. It's very, that's very strange. I'm going to have to watch this just to see what the heck it's, he's talking about. It's so random. It's just, it's so out of nowhere. <laughs> um. The Beverly's then did an interview and they said they're the number one contenders. I told you to remember that Money Inc. said they're the number one contenders. That means that both teams that lost at SummerSlam think they're the number one contenders to the tag team titles. Oh, clearly. Explain that to me. Well, one of them should say because LOD and uh, more specifically Hawk just disappeared from the company, we're taking their place. Uh, more on that later. But yes, that would make more sense. 
uh, boss man then won a squash. He is ridiculously over. Uh, back to our previous comments about that perhaps being this opportunity. Especially with Flair as champion, you could have at least got a month or two out of that. But Agreed. I, I, I think that's there's something with him that they just completely whiffed on. I don't know why that is. Yeah, he's he's one of the most like as far as the responses that surprise me on these shows mm-hmm. is I didn't realize how over Razor was as a heel so fast. Like people do not like him. Like they are booing him out of the building. Like it's quick. Well, let's talk about that real quick, too, because I just want to hit on this real quick. The the fact that this guy has been vaulted into this position, we might have talked about this, to be fair, but it really is incredible. I mean, he wasn't even mentioned on SummerSlam at all. Oh, no, he might have been. I think Robbie Keenan had a throwaway line about Razor, Razor Ruddick and Razor Ramon. But that said, he wasn't on the pay-per-view at all. And nope. here he is feuding with Savage, you know, and being inserted into the main event. Uh, storyline. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he was diamond stud like seven months ago. Yep. And doing nothing. And yeah, like, exactly. yeah. like a joke. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, on the positive side is boss man. Like it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Like boss man is it behind savage warrior and Brett. He's getting bigger pops than everybody. Yeah, and that's that's awesome. That's really really amazing. They really they really screwed that up. Because again, like at this point, they could have used whoever the heck they could have gotten their hands on. Oh yeah, you know for sure. I don't know. I remember. I just watched this on online today. I think, but you. I'm not sure if you've gotten to this in Superstars, but he cuts this great promo on Nails as like his return promo with Mean Gene on the um like the the platform interview and man, it was awesome. It might've yeah, been, think, I think that's right after he gets beat up when he, is comes it? Up. Okay. Okay. So that happened already. That did happen. Yeah. Got it. It was awesome. Yeah. He, again, he was super over and did a good job. I don't know. It's such a weird thing. Like, I don't know. He's a weird case study in history in general, but, uh, they then cut back to more uh, Flair, Perfect Heenan. They're in the back this time celebrating with champagne. Uh, Flair was just just great here. It's a really good promo. Uh, Razor then joined the party out of nowhere. They touted him as being plan B yet again. Um, and then Razor said, too bad about Randy Savage, though. And they all thought that was hilarious and drank. So again, <laughs> weird episode because they just keep going back to this. Yeah. Um, is this the real quick? Is this the first time in their history that the title changed on like the t- the TV show? Or they like they showed footage of the title changing on the TV show. Oh, I'm talking about like the Hogan era and beyond, not pre. It, it See, must be right. That's the only thing that. That's the only thing that I question is. 
because you said Hogan era, I feel like they would have shown Hogan's win over Sheik hmm. on whatever show they had at that time. I guess that would be it. Yeah. That's the only reason I want to say maybe not. So my point is, other than that, you're probably right. OK. OK. Yeah, that's that's a great point, actually. That's because that was a house show. Yeah, that's just yeah. the only other one I could think of. And again, that's literally going to the beginning of the era. Right. So I'm really right. like day one to find a reason to say you're wrong when you're probably right. The reason I asked is because I think that probably makes what you're explaining here that much more odd or, or a reason why it feels so odd. Yeah, it's ju- it's just like the fact that and I get that it's the world title versus the tag title, but. The fact that, like, when the tag titles switch, it's just like a half a sentence mention in passing. And this is 60% of the episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tag teams, the Nasty Boys then want to squash. Uh, they're still with Jimmy Hart. Uh, n- none of this makes any sense. Jimmy Hart's managing every heel tag team in the promotion besides the Yeah. <laughs> And they all want title shots. Um, Skinner then does an interview for some reason. The chief reason for this interview is he's very upset with Jack Tunney because he's not allowed to shoot tobacco in the ring anymore. Is that like a a shot at Watts in the top rope (laughs) band somehow? (laughs) I didn't think of that, but I don't know. Maybe that would be ridiculous, but it'd be funny. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows with ads and plugs removed. The Weight Killer Processing Podcast, Weight Killer Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. Uh, to your earlier comment, uh, there's now an LOD interview. Really? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Hawk does 80% of the talking. My does he own- say something like, I can't wait to be in this company for the rest of my career? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, as you can imagine, I was very confused because last I heard, he was still in London. <laughs> Um, so how they were able to wrestle last week and then now do an interview just, it just throws me for a loop. Like my brain cannot handle this. Um, the only thing I wrote was why, why wouldn't you edit this out? Why? Right. Exactly. Two questions, one more important than the other. But the first one is, were they referencing anything or anyone? I, I think they made vague mention of going after the titles again. Okay. The more important question is, was Rocco there? Yes. Yeah, oh, man. So this must have been his yeah. last appearance. I mean, we'll, well find that out, I guess. But We keep saying that because we said that last week, too, and now this interview is in here. So I don't know because... 
I would assume there's at least one more episode from this taping. Uh, okay. Well, this is a backstage interview, or are they actually out out in the crowd? Oh no, it's backstage. Oh, that that makes it even more weird. That's what I mean. It doesn't Very make strange. any sense. Hmm. Like why they post produce like. What, most of the show? Everything, yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't you just cut this and replace it? Hell, you could have replayed the same Tito Santana interview. you do that anyway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, there was then an Undertaker squash. Uh, they talked about Kamala the entire time. Uh, this poor jobber. Um, but anyway, Undertaker actually did the old school here. I don't know if that was like a regular part of his repertoire yet, but oh, interesting. Yeah, that's, that's it. Awesome. Nothing else happened. Very cool. Well, before we shift gears into WCW, which we're about to do, I wanted to bring up the fact that we did receive another email from our wonderful audience. Uh, remember, you can email us at torchpasscast at gmail.com. Um, Alex, I'm going to read through this one, but we'll talk through it as well. This is coming from Rhea from St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador in Canada. So we have international fans, Alex, which is awesome. Um, So she says, hi, Patrick and Alex. My first WWF house show was in August of 1992 and cemented my love for pro wrestling. While I was only seven at the time, I remembered it shared many matches with WrestleMania 8, including The Undertaker versus Jake Roberts, The Natural Disasters versus Money, Inc., and Savage versus Flair in the main event. That's a pretty darn good card to see. Um, considering it lines up perfectly with my early fandom, your podcast has become the perfect dose of nostalgia. That's awesome. It's now become a Saturday morning tradition, just like WWF Superstars was for me in 1992. Things are a little different now. I'm usually listening with one earbud in, making muffins with our toddler while all the wiggles play in the background. I can uh, certainly uh, commiserate with you there. For what it's worth, despite um, being someone who grew up on superstars until getting cable in 1997, I agree with actually it's Alex. Alex's strategy to cover Raw going forward. Nothing of importance seems to happen on superstars. And when it does, they usually reference it on Raw. All right. So I'll pause there real quick, Alex. So you're getting confirmation that you will be shifting over to Raw reviews once that kicks into gear. Again, if we get two emails that want me to. Well, well, actually, I think it now has to go to three because you have to cancel out Brannick. I said two originally, but unless people are really wanting me to go to uh, stay on Superstars, I'm going to Raw because I can't sit through this crap much longer. <laughs> well, if you want us to let us know, torchpasscast at gmail.com. Um, Maybe we'll maybe we'll compromise. Maybe you can do one show. That being wrong, I'll do. I'll I'll try to take over superstars. See how long okay. I last. Yeah, won't last long. No, I'm sure you'll get very frustrated very quickly. <laughs> uh, she goes on to say, speaking of Saturday mornings, for many years, American Gladiators was the lead in for WWE superstars in my market. Considering this show came up recently on their podcast. Which wrestler during the 1992 time period would have made a good American gladiator? This is a phenomenal question, by the way. Remember, in addition to general strength and agility, you should consider their ability to joust, wall climb, and shoot a very large Nerf gun. Phenomenal. Thanks for your amazing show, and everyone go VIP. Well, thank you so much, Rhea. That was that was awesome. Um, all right, Alex. 
who is your 1992 American Gladiator? Did she specify WWF? No. Which wrestler during the 92 time period? Okay, perfect. Because yes. all of mine are WCW guys. Oh, okay. I have a list because I had time to think about this. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Oh, I pulled a Todd Martin. I, I thought of, I thought <laughs> this through. I love it. It's great. Okay. So my number one would be Sting, but that's yeah. super obvious. So whatever. Um, the best one would be Scott Steiner. Oh, man. Absolutely. Uh, one thousand percent. I would also like to throw out Ron Simmons mm-hmm. just for fun. Um, you could say Rick, but eh, whatever. Rick Steiner, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, and this is really, I don't intend this to be as funny as it's going to sound, but Hawk. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Well, he has time in his day now. <laughs> <laughs> if he gets back from the UK, that is. My last couple, again, this is not trying to be funny. It's just people I thought of. Uh, Buff Bagwell. Okay. And um, Tom Zink. I could see that, too. Yeah, all really good. I think Buff Bagwell over Tom Zink, in my opinion. But Scott Steiner takes takes the cake. I have one name that you didn't mention that's on the WWF side. But I don't think he can beat Scott Steiner. I would go with the British Bulldog. Oh, I didn't even think of him. He's stocky. He's still agile. Um, I think he would do well in the joust. He probably, I bet he would have a tough time with the wall climb. That would be the biggest one. But I still think he's got some speed. As long as it's like short bursts versus like longevity. There's one major issue with that. Yeah. That you're considering. What? The show is called American Gladiators. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, there has to be. Well, you, I'm curious. Is it just that the participants are American or do the gladiators have to be American or everyone has to be American? I don't know. I'm just pointing out that that might be a wrench in the plan here. Yeah, a big flaw in my system here, isn't it? <laughs> um, I thought for agility like Shawn Michaels came to mind but he would do a terrible job with like the joust for example yeah I thought of him and Brett too but then I I immediately was like yeah they're too small yeah yeah agreed I got one what about oh no (laughs) he's not American either (laughs) I was gonna joke and say Dino Bravo oh but yeah also not American also not American what's what about um speaking of not American guys what about um Koloff Koloff Oh Nikita He's technically yeah. I mean he is American His gimmick yeah. isn't, isn't But yeah Oh yeah yeah that's true That's true But yeah Those guys always confuse me I never know who's actually foreign And who's not Yeah I think he's like from Minnesota or something It's like Chief J Strongbow Up until the recent controversy I always assumed he was an actual Native American Yeah he's like an Italian guy yeah, did, his, name, did I, his name's like Joe. Did I tell you the story about his action figure? No. They did a they did an uh, an exclusive, right? They used to do this thing. They just recently stopped it, but they used to do this thing where there was a collector's edition and they would swap sets. 
like okay. Elite 90 would be a Walmart exclusive collector's edition, and then 91 would be Target, and then they would just swap yeah. back and forth. Okay. Well, they did a Chief J Strongbow, and they never released it because it got canceled. So, oh. like, um, what's his face? Like, Matt Cardona and, like, influencers all yes. got sent the figure, and then it never hit retail. Hmm. So it's got to be worth some doubt. Wow. What was the reason for his cancellation? Because he's not Native American. Oh, that you're saying canceled like the new term. You got canceled, I think. Yeah. yeah, Well, well, yes, he got canceled. And in turn, the figure got canceled. Right, right. So anyway, imagine my surprise when I find out this controversy. I didn't want one, but. The fact that I will never see one of these things because the guy that I always thought was Native American is actually Italian. (laughs) Wow, that is (laughs) really freaking hilarious. That's the only reason I know that. Um, I have to look this up. Is there are there images out there? Oh, yeah, it was in the box. It was ready to go. Oh, okay. Like, Like I said, like influencers have the thing. Interesting. Like. I imagine there's a a bunch of these in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice well, you, figure. It is. They did a good job with it. Like yeah. I probably would have bought it on impulse and then just never opened it. Like my Michael P.S. Hayes, which I have no use for, but I have one. Ugh, that sounds awful. I'm sorry to hear that. It, again, it was a it was an exclusive, and I stumbled upon it, and I was like, eh, it's twelve bucks, whatever. And now it's... I have it. It's funny because there is a Chief J Strongbow from the what was before Mattel, Jacks. Jacks. Yep. Yep. I'm looking at the image here. Like that one is out and about. I mean, it's older now, but. Oh yeah, you could probably he's get got one the of headdress on easily. Yeah, yeah, he's got the headdress on and everything. On the topic of um, before we get into WCW, but yeah, yeah, we were talking about American Gladiators. I have a trivia question for you. Can you name the American Gladiator that later became a wrestler? Hmm. It does not come to mind, so no, I don't think so. Rico Constantino? Oh, okay. That sounds familiar. I wouldn't have guessed it, but uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Interesting. Was he in the original series, like the early 90s? I assume, because the yeah. knock on yeah. him... I don't know how much you followed OVW during that time, but the knock on him was he had a ton of potential. Um, He was on the same OVW. Like, um, I actually think he was tag team champions with uh, John Cena, the prototype. Oh, crazy. That was all the same time period. He was in that group with with Shelton and Brock and Orton and Cena and Batista and all those guys. But he had a ton of potential. But the knock on him was he was too old. Uh, that I do remember. Like when he debuted on the main roster, wasn't he like forty? Yeah, or, or just, just over. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, again, thank you, uh, Raya, for emailing us in. If you'd like to do the same, please reach out with questions, comments, thoughts on what we're talking about, things we miss, anything else. Torchpasscast at gmail.com. Wrestling fans, if you're looking for a unique and entertaining way to get your wrestling podcast fixed, check out Ring Rust Radio. 
Ring Rush Radio uses its trademark brand of banter to cover all professional wrestling you love, including WWE, NXT, New Japan, Lucha Underground, ROH, Impact Wrestling, and more. We also hold sit-down interviews with some of the biggest names in the history of the business, such as Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Trish Stratus, AJ Styles, and Roman Reigns. For those of you who want their wrestling with a perfect mix of serious analysis and comic relief, find Ring Rust Radio dropping every Wednesday night on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to move into WCW territory now um, with that nice transition. Let's get myself situated here. The class drew 3.7 rating, which equates to about 2.2 million households. The main event specifically uh, got a 4.0 rating. Again, this is the clash we just covered, which had the uh, eight-man elimination match um, and the 20-year anniversary um, with wrestling on TBS. Uh, This show beat the SummerSlam preview show, which aired and received a 2.7. I don't know it's fair to really compare the two, but for context, it is interesting to see the WCW show beating the SummerSlam preview show. I kind of want to just say, though, it better, it better damn well beat it, you know? Uh, a thousand percent it better yeah. beat it. For context, the main event of the SummerSlam preview show was the team of the Macho Man and the Ultimate Warrior against the Nasty Boys. Right. Okay. Yep. Good call. Um, we started off the show correcting the typo on the cover page of the uh, the issue. This is clarification on that, too. Because Halloween Havoc is happening on October 25th. The card thus far includes Sting versus Jake the Snake in a to-be-determined gimmick match. Uh, Simmons versus the Barbarian for the world title. Why the hell is the Barbarian in the world title picture, by the way? Uh, because reasons. Because Bill know. Watts, yeah. I mean, I like the Barbarian, but this is just random. For the record, doesn't this actually end up being, um, what's his name? Um, Butch Reed. Does it? Hmm. Unless that happens later. Maybe. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I don't recall that offhand. I I did think it was the Barbarian. I'm pretty sure it it does end up being him. Um, But we'll find out. The NWA title will be defended as uh, Chono and Rude go at it again. So we'll see that matchup. Gordy and Williams versus the Steiners or Double A and Bobby Eaton for the tag titles is something that is scheduled. Uh, the, thing, the thing that was really interesting here is um, I assume Gordy and Williams have been in Japan, but is it me or have we not heard their names really uttered lately? No, they weren't on... Um... They weren't on the clash, which is really funny because they were like the focal point of the like three shows before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They were dumb. They dominated the signers. They were uh, tag champs twice over. Um, yeah, they were in like the main events of all those shows. So, yeah, just just a random comment here. Um, potential matches include a light heavyweight tournament finals. Remember, um, Brad Armstrong was stripped of the title due to injury. And another matchup between Austin and Steamboat for the TV title, again, potentially on the card as well. Um, Pretty darn good, you know, we'll see what shakes out as things progress. I mean, there's about a month 
uh, in a week or so to go. But this is a hell of a card on paper. Uh, so far, yeah. Um, spoiler, the light heavyweight title thing doesn't happen. But uh, yeah, 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 it looks good. The uh, the other thing that's interesting is I wish I was into this back then, this promotion, because this actually ends up happening in Philadelphia. So it would have been right right by me. Um, WCW lost a time slot on WGN in Chicago. It seems like pretty darn big news. WGN is like a super station in and of itself, or used to be. Kind of like a TBS when TBS was carried uh, throughout the country and every, everyone got... Uh, to see all the Braves games they could ever want. <laughs> uh, what's funny is uh, WGN was the same thing for uh, the Cubs. The Cubs, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. I, I even got WGN, and it was—I don't know if it was—I assume it was called this everywhere. But when I was growing up, WGN was called WGN Superstation. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's—I think that's true. I don't know of other superstations. They're the only two. If you ask me what those were those would be the only two i can answer so i don't know if superstation is like you know a select few that really did reach across the country or it ended up just being these two stations uh, i think you're right because the the only other one that i want to call out is what what was UPN that has since become something else that I now can't think of the name of, but that's an antenna. So, so I don't think that's the same thing. Right. It's not CW. Is that a thing anymore? Yeah, that's it. That's it. it, is that what it is. Okay. UPN. Yeah. Okay. That, that was the original home of SmackDown. Right. Yeah. That's, it's amazing. You can, we can, recall these stations and their letters and all that stuff. It's a different era for sure. Yeah, I was going to say your son will have no idea what no. any of this is. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope people that listen to this, because it's a nostalgia show, like our emailer noted, um, appreciate its little things like this and recall these things with us. If not, well, uh, we're, they're not going away. I mean, we're going to talk about it anyway. Um... The Jake Sting skit in a bar aired multiple times on the weekend shows, sadly. So they thought this was a great idea. Apparently, they just doubled down on that one. I, oh, I don't want to do that again. I already had to explain it once. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you pass here. Uh, Vinny Vegas apparently has given his notice. Um, interesting, though, because I don't think I think he certainly comes back. If this is the case, so um, more to come here. Yeah, I never knew this, so I don't want to question the validity of it, but I'm going to because everybody knows the famous story of him asking for his release and then using WCW's fax machine to fax his release to the WWF. Like everybody knows that story, and we're not quite a year away from that but and no we're about a year away from that so i don't know you bring them back quick is my point yeah yeah that must it must or or to your point like maybe this is just a incorrect report 
Um, someone who is set to debut as actually Chris Benoit is apparently supposed to debut shortly. Uh, we've heard his name um, not actually he was on the clash uh, two clashes ago with the tag team title tournament for the NWA titles. Uh, if I if I have that, I, yeah, because it was his he was uh, teaming with was it Biff Wellington? Yeah, he was with good old uh, Gordon Ramsay Beef Wellington. Um, <laughs> Terrible name. But really quick on this, and eh, spoilers, whatever, it's 30 years ago, get over it. Um, does this happen? Because I knew he worked here full time before he went to ECW. If it does, it might be like that Clash example where he just wrestles here and there on like TV. But never really gains traction on like the full bore um, card. But and yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how to answer that other than what I just said. It could be sporadic. I just thought that the match that we saw was a one off and that was it. I never realized there was more than that. I think there is a little bit more, but like to what degree? I don't think it's I just don't think it's that 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 much. And then he gets more steam when you're, you know, what you're saying. He he ends up in ECW and then goes from there. Um, but there's a note here that says Watts told Wade he liked the Jake and Sting mini movie and didn't think it went against their pro wrestling theme. I uh, thought this was absurd. Somebody uh-huh. had to have told him to say that. There is no way he thinks that. <sighs> I I don't even know what to say because I'm trying to understand how he could have that mentality. I mean, this goes against everything he's telling us. This is real wrestling. And then 30 seconds later, two guys with lasers shooting out of their eyes at each other. Yeah, here, here's the actual snippet from The Torch. Watts told me he liked the Robert Sting skit and did not think it was contradictory with the quote-unquote real deal message during the clash. Quote, I thought it was a lot of fun, said Watts. It was a mini-movie. Lance Russell is retiring. Oh, (laughs) excuse me, I just kept reading. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I I don't get it. I I don't get it. Usually I try to come up with some reasoning as what what he might be thinking. I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, some executive told him to say that. Do you know how much money, too? By the way, I know this is out there in some, but maybe Tony Schiavone's podcast years ago, because um, that's been going on a few years now, too. I, I'm pretty sure they, they spent a lot of money on these things. They did. And this isn't even the only example. I don't even know if this is the worst example, because don't they do one on a beach? Is that next year? Yes, that's next year. Yeah. OK, we'll get there. Uh, that's that's even worse. Uh, I think that's even worse. Yeah, I think that one's worse, too. If it's the one that I'm thinking of. And yeah. also, don't forget the lost in Cleveland. Cap- oh, God, yes. That's also coming up. Yes. Yeah, again in 93. Oof. I can't blame those on Watts, though, at least. Uh, no. You know? Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, you could, but um, so what I was what I was 
jabbering on about before, I just kept reading. Uh, it's noted that Lance Russell is retiring later this year, and Ross will take over the 900 line duties. Good announcer. Um, He'll be missed. Yeah, yeah, he was he was he was really good. Um, there's a note here in the on page six if you're following along for the WCW uh, house show cards. Uh, September 5th show in, sport, in the Sportatorium. Sting and Nikita Koloff versus Jake and Super Invader. During that match, a man in the upper deck fired a 25 caliber gun toward Jake Roberts, but missed. The shooter was in his mid-70s, had a walker, and was accompanied by a nurse. How incredible <laughs> is this? Did it say, I'm sorry, It it's in the Sportatorium, so it's in Texas, right? Correct. Okay, I... I Without context, I knew this had to either be in Florida or Texas because this is the only place that a yeah. sober person would shoot at somebody else. <laughs> Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a megadose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch Newsletter paper copy edition in the year 2022, you can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Unbelievable. It, it goes on to say he has attended sportatorium events for 30 years with no previous incidents. Someone saw him pull out the pistol took a swipe at it just as the man pulled the trigger. Man, can you imagine? Which diverted the shot to the floor. Uh, Harley Race was the first to realize what was going on, and he immediately dove to the floor. It did not take long for the other four to catch on because they quickly bailed out and headed to the aisle. Or headed up the aisle, rather. I was particularly happy that the shot was diverted because I was sitting in the front row. This is from the reader. Um, the promotion handled the incident very well. Rushing the main event competitors to the ring immediately. The most amazing part of the whole incident was how little crowd reaction there was to it. While some did scurry for the doors, the vast majority of the fans kept their seats as though it was typical Saturday night out. And it ends yeah, with, we, damn, this really is Texas, isn't it? Yeah, we would do that in Florida, too. Um, amazing. <clears throat> I'm really glad you read that last part. I was going to ask you, too, if you didn't. So I'm glad you read that. Um, yeah. That's crazy that the guy that happens to run in was sitting right there. <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. And the fact that I don't know if it, I don't know if it was him. I don't think it was the the, the reader or the writer rather. Um, but somebody just swiped it in time just to divert the gun and the shot. So this would have been a much larger story if things had been uh, a little bit different there. I know, and not to be morbid here, but. I mean, Jake just dodges death. Oh, my. Right. right. Yeah. Good point. Good Lord. Of all the people to be the target for this. Yeah, you're right. It bears repeating. This shooter was in his mid 70s, had a walker and was accompanied by a nurse. I absolutely love it. 
Do you think the nurse is the one that diverted the gun? <laughs> you Maybe. hope so, though. I yeah? would love it. Yeah, true. Yeah, amazing, amazing. I would like to remind everybody that this was a pre-9-11 world where you could get away with carrying things with you into places. Again, especially if you live in Texas. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, anything else? We're, we're not done with WCW technically, but as far as the uh, news and notes section, anything else we didn't cover? Uh, no. Okay. So moving into the Torch Talk with Bill Watts, this was a doozy. This really was pretty incredible. We'll all read through some of the uh, the key takeaways from, from here. We'll talk through it. Uh, Watts immediately talks about the Pillman, uh, Brian Pillman, and tells his side of the story regarding offering the lump sum contract in exchange for the guaranteed salary he cur- currently gets. Again, that was covered in our uh, cover article at the beginning of this episode. He claims that Pillman would still get everything in his contract, uh, like I said, except for the money. He's just pulling that away. I think I think just the bonuses. (laughs) I think he would get the downside guarantee. I think that's the point. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Watt starts to rip Wade's note from last issue. Remember, I alluded to this um, when we talked. There was a throwaway like paragraph that uh, uh, Wade wrote regarding a rumor that Watts was trying to take WCW down. So he pretty go, he goes in pretty hard on Wade here. Um, I actually have to agree with Watts. I don't think Wade's, the framing of Wade's report was uh, confirming that rumor in any way, shape, or form. But I think Watts was more so ticked off that it would even appeared. And, I, you know, from his point of view, I would have to back him up on that one. I also would like to point out, I personally think this is the only reason he agreed to do this interview. Ooh, I think that's fair. Yeah. He's pretty, I mean, we're not going to do this justice if you please go and read this against uh, issue 192. He's pretty fired up through this whole thing. You can tell. It really comes through, through the uh, the transcript. Um. He goes on to talk again about Sting and Root's contracts. He asks Wade directly where he thinks Sting and Root could make the money that they're currently making now in WCW. Oh, pick me. Pick me. I have an answer. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. Um, Sting with his WWF merchandise alone. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's why I traded for him in our a trade a few weeks ago. Oh, I get it. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like. That that's the answer. Rude burned his bridge, so I can't stand up for him. But I mean, th- you're going to say this again, but the insinuation that these guys are like completely useless and they can't make money anywhere else is just absolutely ridiculous. Like, what a jerk. Who says that? And he picked the two guys that are like the biggest, eh, maybe the biggest stars in that company right now. At least being pushed as such. I mean, obviously, yeah, Sting yeah. is, but Rude is up there, too. Yeah. Both top five, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Amazing. Um, He does go on to talk a little bit about the rude contract discussion, but doesn't really say much uh, other than, you know, much else other than that was covered in the the main story that we talked through. Um, Watts says it was just something you wanted to pass by rude to see if it would benefit him. 
Um, I, I'm really legit confused why Watts thinks any of that would benefit Rude. We already talked about this. Again, the only thing that comes to mind is if the report is incorrect, but Watts pretty much confirms it here, so I don't know. Well, again, this is... Using Rude as an example is a poor practice, but if you look at this from the lump sum situation and pretend you're not rude who burnt a bridge at your last employer and don't really have this as an option. Mm -hmm. But if you can get 70% of your money and be out of your contract early and then go work somewhere else, you can benefit from this system. However, how many people are being offered that deal that are actually in that position. Sure. Like I said, Rude kind of burned his bridge, and this is what I alluded to with Pillman earlier. Like, I really like Pillman, but what are you going to pitch in WWF for Pillman right now? Is he going to be in a tag team with Owen Hart? Because that's the best thing I can do. That, hey, that would have been a freaking awesome tag team. It would have been, but they would have been jobbing to the better. They would have been, yeah. They would you have know? been higher energy. Yeah, yeah. honestly, like, it, but that's the best idea. That's the best realistic idea I have for what would have happened with him. Yeah. So he no, has a great. lot of like negotiating power. I mean, I guess like the best person for this, and this is also kind of a poor example, but like Dustin Rhodes, maybe you take the buyout and then see if you can get hired by WWF because at least you have like the size and pedigree to have a chance. Because we know this is hard to say or easy to say, I should say. Because we know what happens with Dustin. If if you try to take that or what happens with him out of it. I know for a fact, even then, that Vince would be all over him. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is yeah. He's like he's like the only him and, and Simmons. But I mean, you're not going to offer yeah, Simmons. Simmons at this point. It has, he's your champion. Yeah, sure. But those are like the only guys I can think of that this would actually benefit. So it's hard to say, but you know what I mean? I do. I do. Um, Watts talks about how only in the Constitution are people seen as equal and how business is not a democracy. That's an interesting line because some of that, not some of that line of thinking really ends up biting him later on. We'll get to that in weeks from now but that is a pretty interesting theme that he's verbalizing in this in this uh, interview um, um i would also like to point out yeah um watts's version doesn't work but tony khan's version where it is a giant democracy is also not working very well touche <laughs> touche um, Watts mentioned some businesses in the past that didn't, uh, did not businesses in the past that tried to reduce costs are no longer in business. I'm sorry. I think my notes are a little off here. Did not try to reduce costs are no longer business. He really talks about airlines in this case of TWA Eastern airlines. So basically he's trying to give other business examples of why, um, the cost cutting is so vital. 
and necessary. That's really his point there. Um, he does go on to say that they, meaning WCW, will, will honor their end of the contracts if wrestlers refuse to change anything. But that also means WCW will use them how they see fit. He gets angry when Wade presses a few times about his own contract and whether he is incentivized to cut costs. I mean, this really goes on for at least like, what, three questions where Wade just presses him over and over <laughs> on his own contract. Wade's not wrong. It no, is, not at all. No, it is pertinent to the topic, whether yeah, yeah. Watts wants to admit it or not. It definitely is. A hundred percent. A hundred percent agree. Um, he uh, he said it's no one's business if he has a base salary or if it is incentivized. He says this multiple times. He goes on to talk about wrestlers not understanding how or where the money is made in business, how they couldn't make this type of money doing anything else. And how they need to work with the company if asked to help the company out. I think that's all narrow-minded. And what we were saying before, these guys are dubbed independent contractors. They're not even part of the company as far as the company sees them. So give me my give me my pay. That's the mentality. Yeah. I signed a contract. You agreed to it. And I'm taking that money. And that's how it should be. Absolutely. Um, he doesn't mention him by name, but way, uh, Watts calls out Kip Fry about the contracts he gave out and said he didn't know what he was doing. It's ripping everybody here. He talks about how offering a lump sum, even at a discount, is a good deal for wrestlers since they'd get cash up front and be able to work out a deal elsewhere. That's kind of what you were saying. He says a lot of the wrestlers need to go back to the first grade in order to understand the math. Like, he is... <laughs> all over the place and i have a comment here like who does he think he is cm punk at a media scrum <laughs> like actually you know that you you brought up punk and i brought up tony Khan. can can we create a world where watts is in tony Khan's seat with punk saying all that what would have happened Oof, i don't know yeah would Watts' head have just exploded? He on the would spot? have cut it. He would have absolutely cut the press conference short and just had Punk escorted out or escorted Punk out directly. Uh, that's what should have happened. I, I don't want to get mad about this. It should have happened, too. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Um, no, that's a great, that's a great question though. The visual of them sitting next to each other is also kind of funny. <laughs> it is, <yeah. laughs> he then basically says it doesn't matter if Pillman is with the company or not, because he doesn't make a difference. This guy is like imploding within this torch talk. I mean, he doesn't think he's imploding, but he's coming off that way. If you work for this company, you're reading this like, what do you what do you do the next day at work? If 
if you mean just if you work there in general? No, I'm, I'm, I'll be more clear. Building? Yeah, I, I, there you go. Use him as a perfect example. If you're Pillman, you just walk in and go, oh, I don't make a difference, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, how do you even have motivation? Like, it's no wonder this company is not in business anymore. Yep, absolutely. This guy went from savior to just tearing, verbally tearing people down. Within what is it? Has it even been three months? Maybe, maybe so. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Wade says he does expect Watts to present his own side, but Watts calls him off, cuts him off rather, and said he knows both sides and the wrestlers don't. He downplays how morale is low. I don't know how that's possible since he just made it even lower. And it says it's always up and down when it comes to wrestling. He says in order to help morale, he wants to take it uh, on a case-by-case basis and wants to understand if it's due to something legit or some base on perception. He really talks about perception. I think he does kind of make a good point here where um, perception really feeds into this a lot and having conversations, being more upfront, um, talking to him, for example, would get a lot of people through that low morale because again it's it's just fed on perception versus reality yeah and at the end of the day people's perception is their reality exactly yeah whether you like it or not but with with that said though it's just crazy to me that this guy is so unself-aware of the fact that some of the things he said here directly influence the morale and it being low like how he doesn't realize that is beyond me well that's really great point because he's obviously in tune with these the wrestling media he's reacting to something that Wade reported a few issues ago for example yeah so he's in tune with he knows his wrestlers have to be so yeah i i'm stumped here i mean whatever tactic he's taking it is Likely the, the the complete opposite effect he's trying to maintain here. He ends by saying he's he's not infallible and says he has admitted when he is wrong. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, I was. Um, any any other thoughts on this? This is a whirlwind. I I recommend um, going through this yourself if you're listening to this. Um, similar to the Larry King uh, transcript from I don't know. 20 to 25 episodes ago, this is a worth your time to read. Oh, it definitely is. And the other, the other part of this too, is like you had, you had alluded to this and kind of told me about it. And I, I believed you, but when I read it, I was like, good Lord, this Mm -hmm. is much worse than what I even imagined. Yeah. He's like burning down the house. Exactly. And, and he's still in it. (laughs) It, that's and that's the problem. Like he didn't he didn't attack like the company or something where it would just make his bosses mad or something like that, right? He directly went after his employees. Like you just again the the poor management styles of some of these people 
just throws me for a loop. Like it, it takes me back to the, again, I hate to keep going back to this, but it's just so topical with, with the Watts conversation and the difference between him and Tony Khan. But like CM Punk saying that the, the EVPs aren't fit to manage a target. I got news for you, punk. Most people that run wrestling companies with how they act are not fit to run a target because coming from somebody who, who managed restaurants, which is significantly closer to a target than a wrestling company. I'll tell you right now, none of you guys would last a day. If you treated your employees like this. Oh my God. I believe that. And that's, that's a great point. That must, I don't know firsthand, but it must be freaking hard to manage a target. Oh uh, yeah. I would imagine it is. I I would imagine it is. And like it's one of those things where I guess you look down on it or, or whatever if you're in their position and you're a multimillionaire, but like either style, whether you're Watts or Tony Khan or or even you know what we've seen from Physic Man over the years, none of that stuff works in the real world. I got news for you. That's not management. It's not. I've I've worked with managers similar to all three of those people. They don't mm-hmm. last very long, and if mm-hmm. they do, yeah. everybody hates them. Yeah, no, I believe it. I've had a few managers in that style before too. Uh, moving on to the below the bottom line to sum things up. This is about Ric Flair's second title reign with the WWF. Uh, Wade says Flair's second title win has bolstered his time in the company. He says something was missing from the Rumble win since it hasn't it, 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 since it wasn't a one on one match. Um, interesting little comment there. I'm, I was paraphrasing that a little bit, but I definitely see his point as far as the Rumble not really having the stature as a one on one match would have been if he won the title that way. But it is interesting that the Rumble this Rumble specifically has aged so well in history. And it's really considered the best ever in many in many people's minds. Yeah, the, I think he means more of winning the title in the Rumble as opposed right. to the main event of Mania. Like for as important as the Rumble is, there's a reason that there's been what? What are we at? Like 35 or 36 of them at this point? 30. Yeah. 30. Yeah. And the range. title's only been in the Rumble twice. Like, there's a reason for that. Yeah, for sure. But I guess my point there is I definitely get that. But out of the two title wins for Flair in the WBF, like this one's the Rumble is clearly head and shoulders above as far as being remembered. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so many firsts with that, though. Like, at the time, didn't he hold the record for length of time in a Rumble for, like, years? That was one yes. of them. He yeah. came in at number three or four, one or the other, and won the whole thing. That's another part of it. And he was the first guy to win the title in the Rumble. Like, there was just so many firsts. Like, none of that stuff had been done before. And it took them a long time to do it again. That's the other reason it's remembered so well. That and the star-studded nature of – there's just a lot that goes into that that made it memorable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was number three in that one. Um. He goes on to say WWF has been the big leagues and Flair not being at the top of this promotion was something that was eluding him uh, prior to the second title reign. That is 
Um, Flair had nothing more to prove in WCW, especially after the 89 win over Steamboat and the 91 win over Sting. I think that's good call-outs. Um, Flair as WWF champ means something, especially in the cartoon world of that company. Wade says the match with Savage will not be considered a classic, certainly not at all, but uh, was a passing of the torch in proving the critics wrong. He then pretty much sums it up by saying the title win meant more than any NWE title win for Flair. I'm not sure about that, but I I understand where he's trying to go with that as far uh, as solidifying him beyond kind of the regional territory days into more national mainstream. Yeah, I I don't know. I think you'd have to ask Flair himself, but I I find it hard to believe when any of these people have one that's their favorite that's not their first one. Right. I, I would I would imagine that too. Um, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but I'm actually curious what he would say his favorite title one was. Well, he's got like 40 of them to choose from. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I thought, wait, I thought it was 16. Oh, stop. <laughs> um, anything else, Alex? Did we cover it all? No, I actually really liked the uh, below the bottom line. I know we're we're like nitpicking, but I actually no, I agree. Yeah, I thought Wade did a good job making his point. Um, again, the the cartoon world of of the WWF, it that's really the the big thing here because Savage Savage is a great worker, so he's kind of the exception. But if you look at some of the guys that have held this belt. You know, most notably Hogan and Warrior. And you could even throw in like Sergeant Slaughter at this point. I mean, none of them are, let's be honest, none of them are putting on any five star classics anytime soon. No, that's for sure. Uh, How about a little preview of next week's episode? All right. So. Much to my dismay, because I've been asking for them to break up for, I don't know, six months. The headline story, Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes win WCW World Tag Team titles. Here you go. Other headlines, also one that's very sad. Uh, Paulie Dangerously has been sent home. Steve Austin is now without a manager. On a happy note, the top rope band has been remanded for all... The light heavyweight title tournament has been delayed until 1993. The Junkyard Dog pins Eddie Gilbert to capture the USWA title. And WCW September 12th and 13th, TV Weekend draws all-time low ratings. We're hitting the doldrums of the business, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, we're getting close. Uh, I'm getting getting close. We're on right on the uh, the the precipice there. Uh, let's talk about where people can find you every week, Alex. Well, in addition to being your co-host here on the '90s Passcast, I am the SmackDown Alt Perspective reporter on PW Torch each and every Friday night, right alongside Wade Keller. My report this week should be very interesting with the return of Roman Reigns and his first 
in-ring, I don't want to call it a confrontation because they're on the same side, but first in-ring interaction with the newest member of the Bloodline, Solo Sokoa, and of course, continued build for his match against one of the world's largest douchebags, Logan. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not alone in that thought. Um, I will be available every Friday, except last Friday because I was on vacation, covering AW Rampage on the torch. I'm also on Twitter at Moynihan24. And, of course, your co-host here every week on the PassCast. Um, and you can reach out to us at TorchPassCast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next week, Alex, we'll talk to you on the other side. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week, so subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, Everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. A lot of you listen to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows who haven't watched the TV show we're talking about. A good way to catch up on what happened on the TV show is with my VIP exclusive Wade Keller hotlines that follow Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. In fact, as soon as I wrap up recording the post shows with live callers and my co-hosts and our on-site correspondents, I send that off to the producer and then I record the Wade Keller hotline, running down Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown start to finish. And it's not only a full rundown, a thorough rundown of what happened on the TV show, but also my analysis of the key segments and matches throughout the show, including opinions that I don't express on the post show. So as a VIP member, you can listen to that hotline first, which runs 20 to 40 minutes, and then jump into the post show with full knowledge of what happened on the TV show. That's just one benefit of being a VIP member. Another benefit is when you listen to the post show, the ads and plugs will be removed. So change up the way that you listen to our coverage of Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown by starting with a VIP Wade Keller hotline and then flowing into the Wade Keller post shows throughout the week. Go VIP. 
pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Rates start at $9.99 a month or get a full year for just $99. You can also get the Weight Killer Hotline through our Patreon tier. That's just $6.99 a month. Details on that are at patreon.com slash pwtorch VIP.